You're listening to episode 13 of the Burnout to Boss podcast. Welcome to the Burnout to Boss podcast, where executive coach and yoga teacher Maria Loida teaches ambitious corporate women how to create massive success in their careers without sacrificing their families, personal lives, health, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to make more money, gain promotions and raises, build respect in the office, demand gravitas with senior clients and peers, and generate the biggest impact possible, all while enjoying the life you want and without overworking, it's time to rise from burnout to boss. The world is waiting for your leadership. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, executive coach and yoga teacher, Maria Loida. Thanks for being here today. And we are talking about transitioning to a manager role or an executive role. And when I say manager role, I really mean like a people management or people manager role. We often look at people more senior than us and kind of assume that they are just rock stars. But there are some key things to know about why the transition from individual contributor to manager and then manager to executive can feel a little rocky (laughs) and what you can do to ease yourself towards the career you actually want and through any transition that you have in your career. Before we dive too deep into it, I want to tell you about a gift that I'm giving away. It's a pair of AirPod Pros and a gift basket of goodies to support your well-being at your desk or your office or wherever you're kicking butt from. And part of this is leaving a review and rating the podcast because this is a way that we can together get this podcast to be heard by other people and women just like you who want to have a bigger impact and create much more success at work in less time and without sacrificing family or a personal life or time for themselves. (laughs) Maybe it's like personal or mental health, right? So when you leave a review and screenshot it, send me a DM on Instagram and I'm at Maria Rose Loida. No periods, no underscores. It's all one word. My first, middle, and last name, Maria Rose Loida. And I will enter you in to win the AirPod Pros and this amazing basket of like delicious, yummy, you know, inspiring things for your desk. So let's jump in. Becoming and transitioning to being a manager or an executive. The first thing that I want to explain to you is this concept of the circle of suck. So imagine with me for a moment, a graph on the X axis or the horizontal line, that is time passing. And on the vertical line or the Y axis is your seniority in your career. And so when you start out, the little data point starts at zero, right? It's like where both of those axes meet. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're likely ambitious and good at your job and smart and amazing and all the things. And so when you are a high performer from that zero point, the the line moves upward to the right. If you were looking at this graph upward to the right in a positive direction. Okay. So you're successful, you're crushing it. You're an amazing individual contributor in most organizations today, because there's not a track for individual contributors to become successful 
successful without managing other people, what happens is the best and brightest or the most successful individual contributors get promoted. And the promotion usually means that you become a manager or you acquire reports or like a team, or maybe just one person at first, and then two people and three people, etc. But you have people underneath you that you become responsible for, you become a manager. When you kind of hit this high point, you're super stoked, you got the promotion, you're feeling amazing, you're like, wow, I'm super good at this. And then about three months in, (laughs) your experience of your job drops. So if you're imagining the line moving from zero where X and Y axis meet, and then moving upward to the right, you hit this high point and then the line drops. And all of a sudden you feel like you suck at your job and you're like, what happened? I just got promoted. Why is everything falling apart? If we circled that little drop in the graph, that is what we call the circle of suck. And the reason why the same thing happens, eventually you recover and and the line starts to move upward and to the right again. And you're cruising, you're cruising, you're, you figured out how to be a manager and then you get promoted to like executive level. And the same thing happens. The drop happens when you become an executive. And if you circle that little drop, again, it would be another version of this circle of suck. The reason we call it that is because when you're an individual contributor and you become a manager, the skills required to be a manager are actually a completely different set of skills that you need to be successful. And that's why you experience that drop in kind of satisfaction or feeling like all of a sudden you suck at your job. And so the same thing happens. Eventually you figure out how to be a manager and and you do great there and you continue like to become an executive and then you get promoted into that role and it drops again because it's a new skill set. If you are an individual contributor now, or maybe you're a manager and you're just kind of wanting to understand this more, you know that the things that you need to accomplish or the tasks that you're responsible for as an individual contributor, a lot of us kind of think of this as like the actual job are totally different than what needs to happen from a to be a manager and to manage other people. And that's where the disconnect is. That's why this transition can be really difficult. And all of a sudden, when you become a manager, you end up feeling like a babysitter where you're you're trying to do your job, but you're trying to make sure nobody else like screws anything up when you've delegated to them or when you're trying to like be responsible for your team. You end up feeling like a therapist where all of a sudden you you get this team and you're responsible now for handing them tasks and organizing some of their um, output or scope. And then everyone comes back to you and tells you their problems and why they're annoyed about something and wh- who they don't like on the team and why everything is hard for them. And, and all of a sudden you're responsible for other people's kind of emotional state at work, which can feel really shocking. I've only come across a few industries or organizations that really do a good job of training people on what it means to be a manager. Otherwise, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And yeah, like you all of a sudden you feel like this babysitter, a therapist, and you ultimately kind of just feel like you're doing two jobs instead of one, right? Because you, you're doing your individual contributor work and you have to like babysit these other people. I think a lot of people experience it that way. If you just became an executive, you now have to teach your managers how to be great managers so that you're not managing everyone and you have the space to work on higher level work and vision. So wherever you are in your trajectory, listen up because all of these concepts that we're going to talk about today still apply. The reason to lean into how to manage your people well is it's the beginning of this journey towards becoming more and more senior and making your way to the executive level that increases your own ability to excel in a career. It increases 
your capacity to learn this skill of creating impact over importance, which we're going to talk about in a moment. This really is an act of service. It really is this transition to really loving. And when we when I say love, I don't mean like the ooey gooey type. I'm talking about what it really means to serve someone's like highest self and their ability to expand and excel in their career. Because when you become a manager, you're now responsible for other people's career paths too. Sometimes it kind of looks like tough love, but imagine being a manager to someone who is the first person who really gives them an opportunity to really have clarity on their path in an organization or even in their career, that could mean the difference between someone pulling their family out of a financial situation, giving them an opportunity to create abundance or change like the entire financial situation for themselves and their family and maybe like multiple generations after them. That can be the impact that you make with one person when you come to management and think about management as this like big act of service. And the same for executives and this idea of leadership when you come from a place of service and doing it for the people that you're working with and focusing on like how you can empower them, how you can grow them, it changes the whole vibe of how you approach managing and and kind of running an organization of people rather than get being really good at writing code or writing a PR pitch or making an influencer list. Okay, so I want to take you through about six things that I think are the top concepts and skills to kind of build to make this transition to manager. And again, if you're an executive or move have just been promoted to an executive role or working towards that, your ability to teach these concepts to your managers is the thing to like listen to here. The first one is creating impact over importance. What I mean by that is it's imperative as a manager that you stop doing your job and begin guiding or teaching instead. Many of us think that spending time delegating, teaching others how to make decisions and setting others up for success doesn't really count as work. We see it as this like side thing that is just an extra thing that we have to do. But this is now your job. Figuring out how to teach others how to make decisions, how to guide others to do their work effectively and really well is quite literally your job. So as long as you stay in the belief that work looks like a certain amount or kind of output, which you're likely going to associate with what you did as an individual contributor, you will burn out so hard because you'll always overwork yourself. When you only consider those other things or like the the actual deliverable thing, right? You're still going to have some of that, but it's going to be a lot less than you think. Anything that you could possibly teach to someone else is your work now. Like that is your job instead of staying like in the cycle of doing lower level work and trying to manage everyone else, et cetera, et cetera. You're always going to end up with like double the work if you go that route. Next up is to delegate. Delegate everything you possibly can and do it with as much clarity as you possibly can. There's so many reasons why we don't delegate and why it feels uncomfortable. And if this is something that you struggle with, I did an entire podcast about delegating. Go find it. It's it's live already. So the more clear you are, the more you can measure when it comes to delegating. Never expect people to get 
guess what you're trying to tell them or what you're asking for to be done. The next one is this idea of transitioning to teacher, right? The only way that you can stop doing and begin guiding is to take the role of a teacher. And I even say take the role of like a first grade or a third grade teacher because the elementary school teachers come to work every day with an extreme amount of patience. They're willing to give people the benefit of the doubt that if something's not working, it's more likely because someone just doesn't know and not because they're stupid or because they don't care. Because when you start believing that your team doesn't care or is just stupid, you will kill the like motivation and vibe on your team. The faster you learn how to teach others how to do your job or whatever job it is well, the faster you'll advance. And so it takes patience. That's why we like talk about this first or like third grade teacher thing. Consider allowing yourself to go back to a time when you were a beginner. Remember what it feels like to feel stupid. Like it doesn't ever really feel awesome. Nobody is like, oh yeah, I love that feeling of being out of the know or being kind of nervous to ask for clarity. You want to teach your people how to ask for clarity in a productive way, but just remember that there's some there's an emotional barrier there a lot of the times. And so when you can connect with what it feels like to be a beginner and know the vulnerability of feeling kind of stupid or not knowing something, take that mentality with you into your teaching moments and it will make such a difference in how safe your people feel in coming to you because the more you're able to do that, the more you will get clarity on what's actually going on and you'll be able to have more data and availability to solve the actual problem that's like happening. The next one is this idea of that you don't have to fix everything, right? It's a little bit of a shift towards coaching, I will say. Sometimes we want to only challenge our teams or someone when we can be certain that their experience of the challenge is perfect or not too painful, right? Every human being on earth, when we're not observing our own processes in mind, are chasing pleasure and trying to avoid discomfort. And we also, because we have this preference for pleasure and we want to avoid discomfort, we also feel really uncomfortable when other people have to experience discomfort. We don't ever want others to feel stressed or anxious. And especially whenever we're responsible and we're going to get reviewed on how, you know, the, the happiness of our people or our team And we remember being stressed and anxious. And so we overcompensate so that maybe you might overcompensate for someone else being stressed or anxious. And here's the deal. It's coming from a compassionate and good place. Except every time you overcame something, there was likely a little bit of hardship or resistance. And then when you overcame it, right? I want you to remember the moment you overcame something and remember the feeling that you felt in that moment. It's likely kind of powerful. And so if you never let people see their own own resilience and resourcefulness and strength. You deny them that major growth opportunity to create evidence that they are powerful and that they can find solutions, that they can figure things out, that they can be a badass at work. So consider whether fixing everything and making sure everyone's experience on your team 
is perfect is really of the highest good for them. That's where this like tough love or what like real love really looks like from a manager or an executive standpoint. The next thing is this idea of powerful decision making. Getting the the more you are in kind of a place where you're willing to make powerful decisions. So the faster you make decisions and take action, the faster you will get to repeatable solutions that work every time. The faster you just try things and move forward, the faster you're going to create solutions. Beware of the indulgence to kind of sit in indecision. And if this is something that you experience often or you find yourself often in the place of like, I just don't know, go listen to the powerful decision-making podcast for a whole like 20 minutes just on making powerful decisions. Super essential to managing, right? Because you'll have several people looking to you for guidance. And then the more you start practicing powerful decision-making as a manager on a smaller level, you are just only building the muscle for when you become an executive, when you have to make even more powerful decisions with less information. The last thing that I want to talk about is this idea of non-attachment. And this is kind of finding the balance between directing and telling, kind of giving people direction and avoiding the trap of micromanagement. You have to let people do their job and you have to learn how to step back, right? Because if you stay in the minutia of every process that your team has, you will also burn out. That's why you have a team is to actually delegate and then step back. In some cases, you even have to let your teams fail. We think a perfect manager makes sure that like nothing ever goes wrong. And you've probably had experiences with your own manager where you wish you had more support from them. But you have to trust that your manager is also giving you these opportunities of growth, of letting you letting you be challenged, letting you have a little bit of resistance or discomfort in order to overcome it and feel that powerful feeling that you can. You're doing the same thing for the for your team or the people that you're responsible for that report into you. So instead of making sure that nothing ever goes wrong or ex- instead of protecting everything, like every process or deliverable that you need to for work and everyone have their back. And what I mean by that is give them the tools and then be there when they screw up to teach them and guide them on how to overcome a failure productively. Because ultimately, like everyone, including ourselves, everyone learns the most by failing, full stop. That's what I have for you today in transitioning to becoming a manager or transitioning to becoming an executive. Remember that this circle of suck is real. And so give yourself some grace as you learn a completely new job and then go to work to take yourself actually out of the equation and focus on empowering and teaching others how to do things effectively instead of trying to perfect or micromanage a process. Learning how to do this well is major, majorly key to healing your burnout and creating more success, more impact without sacrificing. This is how I have clients come to me and say things like, I spend the least amount of time in the office I probably also spend the least amount of time actually working compared to all the other directors and everyone on the team consistently tells me I'm the most supportive, helpful, and productive manager of of everyone. That's what it means to create more impact rather than importance and more impact in less time. This is how you can heal burnout and learn how to do things differently rather than doing everything. So make sure that you go sign up for my waitlist. It's on my website at marialoida.com so that you can know 
as soon as humanly possible about my next offer to make these kind of smooth transitions in your career and learn the actual skills you need to make this circle of suck as small as possible. Before I go, I want to remind you one more time about the gift that I'm giving away and how you can win it. When you leave a review on the podcast and rate the podcast, screenshot it and send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Maria Rose Loida. Can't wait to see you there. When I get your DM, I will enter you to win a pair of AirPod Pros and a gift basket of goodies for your well-being at work, at your desk, for this journey that you're on of healing your own burnout and doing things differently and not the way that we were taught to do them, (laughs) which is learning how to like work from under the system of the patriarchy. We're doing things differently. We're doing things without the grind, without the hustle. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening today, everyone. I will see you in episode 14.